Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
morning, everybody. Let's go to God in prayer. If you would please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this morning, for this opportunity to be together in your name, where you've told us, where two of us gather, you are here also. Lord, this morning, we ask that you fill us with your peace and patience. Lord, we ask that you be here to comfort the broken and the hurted and just to be with us, to let us know of your awesome power. Lord, I pray all of these things in Jesus' awesome name. And all God's people said, amen. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance? Oh, Lord, you be still, will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. When the day comes and I find myself standing in the sun, I can only imagine what I will do is forever, forever should be.
I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. be seated. I love the song and I love the message. And yet there are times in my life, sometimes the only thing I can imagine is pain and hurt and sorrow and grief. Uh, you, you pick up the newspaper, you watch the news, and you just see all this kind of stuff going on in this world. And, and it can be very discouraging. That's why I really believe God has given us the scriptures to remind us that there is a God who understands that pain and that hurt and that sorrow, and he says, I can bring you hope. I can give you peace. So I'd like to take a moment where we do this rhythm, where we say, okay, God, I, I see this sin, it's in me, it's all around me, and I need your grace, I need your mercy. And that's called confession and absolution, or confession and forgiveness. So let's pray together this prayer of confession, and then I'm going to remind you of the peace and the hope and the joy that comes in Jesus. So let's pray this together out loud. Heavenly Father, your desire is to bless your children here on this earth and for eternity. In your word, you show me how by your grace and mercy I have received one blessing on top of another. Lord, I confess that my sin has caused me to miss out on your blessings, my sin of selfishness, laziness, and rebellion has separated me from you. By the power of your Holy Spirit, show me my sin and remind me of your love that you have expressed through the sending of your Son, Jesus. May the good news of his suffering, death, and resurrection empower me to live as your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 1 John we're told, if we say we are without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And then there's this word, but. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we just did that. We confessed our sins. We said, God, the sin is so great, we need you. And because of Jesus, I am pleased to be able to remind you and announce to you, your sins are forgiven because of Jesus. And we have hope and peace and joy like nothing that this world can give us. Amen. As we continue in worship, a couple things, uh, opportunities we have. Number one, if you have a prayer request and you would like that shared in church today, there are some forms in front of you in the chair backs. So you could fill that out, a prayer of uh, maybe concern or a prayer of joy. And then you could place that in the basket in just a moment as the ushers come to receive those. This is also a time for an opportunity to give of tithes and offerings. This is a moment where we as believers in Jesus say, you know what, I've been blessed. Blessed with so much and I'm going to give in return whatever God leads you. So be thinking and praying about that. And then thirdly, you'll see 
the fellowship pads at the end of the rows, if you would. Take time to fill that out and pass that around. And hopefully get to know some of the people that are near you and around you worshiping as well. May God be glorified in our whole time of worship together. Amen.
Boys and girls, it's time for the children's message, so come on up front. Come on up, find a seat on the floor. All right. It's kind of dark over here. Where's my chair? Wait, where's my Bible? Where? Over there. We're supposed to be over there, aren't we? All right, let's go over there. I'll follow you. Is there enough room over there for everyone? Yeah? I don't know if I can get through. There we go. Come around, sneak through here. All right. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, good. Can everybody see me? Where am I supposed to sit? Oh, man. Over here. I messed up again? Jeez, maybe I should just give up. What do you think? No. Don't give up? No. Okay, I won't give up. Let's try this again. All right. Let's look at the book of Jonah. All right, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Let's see what it says, okay? It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Huh, a second time. Jonah got a second chance, didn't he? That's good. I like second chances. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was, was a very large city. It took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. The Ninevites believed in God. Whoa. The Ninevites, who were really bad people, who didn't know about God, didn't love God, all of a sudden believed in God. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and, but they got a second chance, didn't they? Or a third chance, maybe even a fourth or fifth chance. Kind of like you guys gave me a second chance and a third chance, didn't you? Yeah, because if you wouldn't have helped me, right, say, no, Greg, we're supposed to be over there, right? Or no, don't sit there, sit here. Because you did that, you gave me another chance, and finally it worked out, didn't it? Yeah. Well, did you know that God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. He doesn't give up on us either, just like he didn't give up on me. Yeah. And he also knows that no matter what, we can't, we can't come to him on our own, right? We're sinful. So he sent Jesus to love us, to die for us on the cross, to take our punishment so that we can live with him forever. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That is a patient and loving God. And it's pretty amazing to see that it wasn't 
how much the people messed up or how much Noah messed up. It was about the message and the message of God that saves people, right? And we get to share that message with other people too. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yep. All right. What do you say we pray? Can you fold your hands? Bow your heads and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for not giving up on us. Help us to share your message. And please forgive us when we mess up. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. Thanks for coming up, and thank you for helping me find my seat. Last week, we left Jonah in the belly of the whale, and he came to this realization that salvation belongs to the Lord, and then we're told that God moved in the whale, the big fish, to do something to Jonah. Anybody know what it was? In this season of cold and flu, I think you might understand it. To throw Jonah up. It literally says vomited. So it's not just spit up Jonah, but it was from the inner belly and all the angst that goes on with it and spit up Jonah. And now he is on dry land. He's getting ready now to make this journey into Nineveh to share what I'm going to call the worst sermon ever. Now, before we get into the story, I'd like to ask you the question, what makes a good sermon? And I've asked Greg, with a microphone, to be ready to run around this entire sanctuary getting opinions from you, what makes a good sermon to you? So, the only person I don't want you to go to is this guy right over here. He's got a very sarcastic answer. Yeah, okay. Like, the, 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 the best sermon ever is when I don't preach. Oh. I'll get even. Ouch. Yeah, right, thumbs up. So, if you have an opinion, everyone has an opinion, right? Just kind of raise your hand. Tell me, what, what is it that you look for a ser- in, for a sermon? The Word of God. Okay, the Word of God. Very good. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Let's kind of get this going. Over here, back there in the middle. What was it? To learn about God. The Word about God. Very good. Let's pass the microphone down if you would. Okay, something that we can relate to. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Get his attention. It really works well as if he's over here, somebody over here. Yeah, thank like you. Like Chad, That's way great. to go. And then somebody over here be ready. A message with the gospel and the, the saving grace of Jesus Christ. All right, the message with the gospel about Jesus. Anybody else? Oh, man, way back there. Oh, well, there's someone closer. Uh, praying for the sick. Okay, Pray a moment us. where we get maybe some hope for those that may be going through some tough times. Led by the Spirit. Okay, led by the Spirit. And 
Anybody else? Okay, back over there. Closer so I can hear it. Dad, the truth that comes with the Lord. The truth that comes from the Lord and with the Lord. Anybody else? Give, give another chance. I'm really nervous about you, just so you know. Oh, right over here. To love God with all your heart. To love God with all your heart. Right up here. It has to be clear and easy to understand. Ooh. Clear and easy to understand. That was good. I like that. Anybody else? I th we'll give you one more shot. We'll go over here. Where? I should pray before this, right? Right, you know, right there, the, this guy in the flannel. All right, Heath. Something we can relate to. Okay, something that we can relate to. Well, let me put up here on the screen. Thank you very much. Yep. That's it. In my 30-plus years of ministry, a couple things. Whenever I've asked this question, a moving illustration story, new scriptural insight, hope proclaimed. And namely, the hope that comes... Well, you know, we could have a circumstance or situation, but the hope that comes from Jesus himself. Um, and those are, are pretty common. And I, I think I've heard that, you know, in, in a lot of your answers. But I want to go back to when, when I was at the seminary, and I was in a class called homiletics. You can impress people that you know a word with homiletics, four syllables. And it was how to preach. And Professor William Schmelder, just picture him, probably 150 years old, and he's up in front of class, and he goes like this. He says, gentlemen, if I were to call you and ask you the question, what is the purpose for the proclamation of the message? You better say, Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for the sins of the world. And if I called you at 3 a.m., if I asked you the question, you better be able to answer it directly like that. I think we all got the message loud and clear. Why we preach, it's all about Jesus. It's about what he can bring for people like you and me in our desperate time of need. A class that was somewhat related to that was entitled Law and Gospel. Because when we preach and proclaim, there's, there's really two truths in the Bible, right? It's divided into two, not Old Testament, New Testament, rather Law and Gospel. What is law? It tells us what to do and what not to do. And the law will, will tell us that we, we can't do it. I mean, it really is pretty heavy. The gospel is, what did Jesus do for us so we can have forgiveness? And the emphasis is, it's not easy to know when to preach it. Especially when you get a group of people here, you're all, you know, experiencing different things in life. Some of you have come in here and you're feeling the weight of sin already. And if all I did was preach law, I would be heaping more hot coals on you and you would feel more hopeless and helpless than before. So if you're dealing with the heaviness of sin, you need to hear the gospel. You need to know what God has done for you in Christ. But if you're sitting here today and you're secure in your sin, in other words, I'm all that, that's when the law needs to be used. And Martin Luther, the great reformer, said this. Any preacher, proclaimer, who is able to discern all the time when to use law and gospel deserves a doctorate. 
And I thought about that. The heavy responsibility that is really put upon all of us as we take the message of God's word and give it to people who are dealing with all kinds of things. So that's why we pray, as Celeste said, is for the Holy Spirit, right? To lead and to guide and direct us. Well, as we think about Jonah's sermon, uh, that's why I call it the worst sermon ever. It's eight words, and it's missing many of the features that we talked about. Moving illustration, story, new scriptural insight, not there. How about hope, proclaiming hope? I don't think so. In fact, these are the words of uh, Jonah's sermon. So remember, he travels a day into Nineveh. I don't know if he was on steps or not. But now he's going to proclaim to everybody around there. Remember, this is a really dangerous place. There's lots of sin all over the place. And he says, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. Now, at first blush, you, you think, boy, he, he missed the mark. There's no hope. I mean, where do they turn to? What I think we need to back up a little bit. And you'll, if you look closely at the word overturned, it's, it's bolded. And I'm thinking... As Jonah is now in front of the Ninevites, as he's now proclaiming this word, and he's using, again, the Hebrew language, he's thinking something. He's thinking. Now, here's the definition of the word um, for overturned. It means to turn about or over, which I think we can see in that. To change, to overturn, to return, or to pervert. And I'm thinking, here's what was going on in Jonah's life. The reason he did not want to go to Nineveh at the first place is he felt it was a hopeless cause. The Ninevites are really bad sinners. And I think Jonah was serving as both judge and jury. He's like, they're not the children of Israel. They're these foreigners. And their reputation of the kind of sin and sinners they are, why even waste my breath? So now that God got his attention through the belly of the whale, Jonah's willing to go, but I still think he's got attitude. I don't think he's looking at it perhaps the way that God is. I think Jonah is really thinking of the word overturn as in God's going to get you. So he's standing there and he's ready to say, 40 more days and, and you're going to be overturned. And, he, and he's thinking God's going to do the smackdown. Okay, so he's going there and that's his attitude. And yet, that word can also be understood differently. And I think that's the heartbeat of what's going on in the story of Jonah. It's really not about Jonah. It's not about the whale. It's not about Nineveh. I mean, it is. But the real story is that God's grace and love can reach the darkest of places. Nineveh? Yeah, Nineveh. God's grace and mercy can reach the darkest of places. I think that's what the story is. So as we look back into the story, what happened when the message was given, it says here, the Ninevites believed God, a fast was proclaimed, and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. And again, that was that, that uh, expression of being sorry. That's what sackcloth is, and to be repentant. Think about what does it mean, well, to be sorry, to repent. And there's a difference, isn't there, between sorry and repentance? I mean, just picture, if you would, a child or Jim Thielen, his hand in the cookie jar. 
and mom catches you doing that, and then you start feeling sorry. Sorry about what? Sorry that you got caught. That's sorry that you got caught. What happened with the Ninevites is not that they were sorry that they were caught. It was evidenced that they were repentant. And the way I describe repentance is a 180-degree turn from what you're doing. So you're, you're going down this path, and sin is your object. And when God's word confronts you, you stop in your tracks, you turn 180, and you walk away from it. And God saw that in the Ninevites. I mean, from the king down to even the animals. It was, a, it was a, really a moment of repentance and sorrow and contrition for all that they have done and for the disobedience they've had for God. And then we find that God relented. In other words, he decided not to bring a judgment upon the Ninevites, and he gave forgiveness and a second chance. Cool story, isn't it? Well, just how deep and wide is God's love? One of the tools that would really serve you well and it helps me in my sermon preparation is you can look at the story of Jonah. You get a lot of detail, but sometimes you can go to another portion of Scripture to get insight into this Scripture. There is another prophet that was living at the time of Jonah, and it was the prophet Nahum. And he painted a picture of just how deep sin was with the Ninevites which helps us understand how, how great and how big God's grace is. So here's Nahum chapter 3. Woe to the bloody city. It is all full of lies and robbery. Its victim never departs. The noise of a whip and the noise of rattling wheels, of galloping horses, of clattering chariots, horsemen charged with bright sword and glit glittering spear. There is a multitude of the slain, of great number of bodies, countless corpses. They stumble over the corpses because of the multitude of harlotries, of the seductive harlot, the mistress of sorceries, who sells nations through her harlotries and families through her sorceries. I mean, this is a dark place. This looks like it's desolate. It looks like it's hopeless and helpless. And yet we find God's grace went there. God's mercy went there. It made me wonder why in Jonah chapter 1, when he called Jonah to go to Nineveh, he had a phrase that he used. God calls Nineveh, well, the NIV says an important city. Uh, the NA, New American Standard Bible says an exceedingly great city, and then we have the vast city. But if you kind of pull apart that a little bit more and you just go into the Hebrew, the actual definition of what he was saying about Nineveh, it was a great city, important unto God. Why was it important? Some people would say, well, you know, it was on the major trade route. So, of course, it was important to God. And that's not the reason. They had amassed a large army that was able to go into almost any country and decimate them and conquer them. Surely God thinks that's important. Nope, that's not it. So what is it? Remember, we see the heartbeat of God in his creation, right, back in Genesis, but also his salvation. When sin came into the world with Adam and Eve, what did God do? Did he kind of step back and say, 
Too bad, so sad. I told you, you'd die if you, if you ate from the tree. No, God stepped in and then addressed the serpent and Adam and Eve and said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between thy seed and your seed, and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. In other words, what God was saying at the very beginning is, I want to save my people. They're the object of my love. I would be willing to do anything to save them from this destruction. And if it means promising to send my only son, I'll do that. Because that's just who I am. We see that in Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, How blessed is God, and what a blessing he is. He's the Father of our Master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. And ready for this? Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. And maybe we're at that place and says, okay, I get that, that's me. I'm glad that he was focused on me. But remember, the Ninevites, in all their ugliness, was still the focus of his love. He wanted them to turn from their sin and to turn towards him. How much so? Remember, he sent Jonah to go and tell. I mean, quite often the prophet would, would go and say, hey, come and see this God. But this time, God sends his servant to go into the middle of the city, into the middle of the yuck, into the middle of all this sin and proclaim Focus of your love. First Timothy, as Paul writes to this young pastor, uh, the, the end portion of it says, This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. All people, the Ninevites, how about that person that has hurt you deeply? Do you think God wants them to come to the knowledge of Jesus? and to receive forgiveness? The answer is yes. You see, the depth and the breadth of God's love has no boundaries. It is, it is big. It is life-changing. Or how about in 2 Peter? Peter says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And that kind of goes back to, you know, Greg's kids' message, Right? God is a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. I mean, he just gives us opportunities to, to return to him. To be overturned, right? To be overturned, to turn back to him. And there's a long list in the Bible of people who've had second chances. Again, Adam and Eve is one of them. He uh, sinned in the garden and God covered him. Moses murdered a man and God called him. Elijah quit and complained and then God recommissioned him and said, you know, go and be my spokesperson. Peter denied the Lord and then God used him at Pentecost and then the building of the church. We have John Mark deserted the mission team at Pamphylia and then God uses him to write the second gospel. And then we have the Apostle Paul. If you know his story, remember, his name was not Paul all the time. Remember, what was his name before? Barnabas. 
okay? His name is Saul. And remember what he did for a living? He killed Christians. And yet God was pursuing even Saul. And so he is now Paul. And he writes these words to the church in Corinth. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So why did he go to Nineveh? Because he wants them to turn to him too. I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I really believe that the story of Jonah is not about a prophet, it's not about a whale, it's not about the Ninevites, but it's rather about a story of many stories throughout Scripture that we're reminded that God's grace and mercy is greater than any sin. And I'm going to tell you what's, what gets in the way of this. And I'm going to be very personal here. There are times my judging people get in the way of this truth. I become just like Jonah where I sit back and I'll say, there's a snowball's chance in Tucson, Arizona for this person to ever change. So why should they get the gospel? They're just going to reject it. My judgment gets in the way. I believe that when God's spirit does its thing, it starts pulling away that judgment. And we realize we're not judge and jury, but we're to be a prophet. We get to take the message of God's, well, law and gospel and bring it to people who are just like the Ninevites, just like you and me. We're lost and steeped in sin and we need this mercy and grace. So my prayer for you and me, take a look in the mirror. Or even better, it's, it's been said this way. When you look at the cross of Christ with Jesus on it, you see both law and gospel. The law tells us we should be up there. It's my sin. But the gospel says, Jesus took my place. He did it because he loves me. And he loves all people. So may that good news of his magnificent love Start rearranging our, our heart, our mind, our lives, our calendar, so that we would go and take this message, just like Jonah, maybe a little bit more obediently, maybe a little bit more lovingly, to our family, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, and even our enemies, so that they can know Jesus and his grace and mercy. Amen.
Gracious God and Heavenly Father, these are the prayers of your people. Let us pray. For my SOS families, that all staff and residents grow in our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray Devin lives a successful and happy life. Lord, we pray for all in SOS and their families may have their final peace and love within themselves and in those who have not found the Lord and his word. For my peers and staff at Seekers of Serenity, I pray that God remove my desire to use drugs and alcohol. Glory be to God and forever and ever. Thank you, one C. Lord, we pray for my family and Blake, Landon, Kendall, Ann. They're going to Arizona and we pray they don't get hurt. Lord, we pray for Logan to have a wonderful 19th birthday today. May God bless him in all that he does. Lord, we pray for strength, courage, wisdom as I go forward in my recovery. Lord, we pray for Circe to continue to shine the ways of my new life. We pray for strength and forgiveness for the ones I love and I care about. Lord, please pray for my son who is incarcerated that he will get well, get well, my family, while they move forward to be strong and thoughtful my recovery and for my son and who graduated that he moved to be a better move on to be a better place lord jesus christ please shine your divine light upon our family and banish any evil from us we pray for good health and long life for our loved ones and all god's people prayers for our grandson's upcoming wedding celebration she is granddaughter's wedding celebration she is stressed keep her calm and enjoy this time Watch over our daughter on her trip, Lord. Please help with my finances. Thank you, Lord. Dear God, help my two daughters that they need, lead you, please. We need to do the right decisions. I pray for my son and daughter that they call me. Lord, I pray that a new job came up in my company for a day job, Monday through Friday. And is this job the right one for me? Prayer for wisdom. Lord, prayers for safe travels and good health for our friends traveling to Japan. Thank you for the shield of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for my daughter Isabel's health, that she is restored from any harm that has fallen on her. Lord, please heal all of those with physical and emotional ailments. Prayers for my newborn Caesar and grandson and Cesar and my daughter Terry. Prayers for all of my children and parents and siblings. God bless. Prayers for my brother who has throat cancer. May his, path, may his faith get him through. Prayers for peace and healing for our friend Dan. Prayers for baby Lewis that his heart stays strong until he's ready for a transplant. Prayers for Noah has RSV. Prayers of thanks for the health of our baby and for all pregnant mothers who will be with them and give them strength. Lord, constant prayers for healing not only physical body, but what is the most important in healing, the change of one's heart and mind and the spiritual uh, spirit of our souls. Hold on to Nick who has it all stolen from him through prayer or through addiction and what lies in the dark one. Prayers for Jesus' help.
Prayers for Uncle John as he's been recently diagnosed with lung cancer. Prayers for hope, discernment for the doctors, and for his treatment plans. Prayers for J.C. Goss, her family, friends, and co-workers at Columbus Family Practice as they mourn her loss. May God wrap his loving arms around them and provide them comfort and peace. Prayers for my mom that her niece heal quickly after her surgery. Prayers for the friends and family of Tracy who passed away Friday. We pray for Carol. Dear God, please help my mom and my stepdad. They both are sick and they need you. Lord, these are the prayers of your people. For those blessings, we thank you. But Lord, there is so much suffering and hurt and healing that needs to go on. There's a lot of sickness and illness in this world, Lord. And to that we say that your grace and your mercy is enough. Lord, we need to say that every day as we wake up, that your grace and your mercy is enough. And as Jesus taught us to pray those words long ago, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Not to us, not to us, Lord, but to your name we give glory, glory, Lord. You are Heaven on earth. Be the praise of the saints and louder goes my praise every day. Ay. Yeah. Even if the drum stops beating, Ay. my soul will keep on singing. Say even louder. Let the church say even louder. God's people say. So coming to 1C on March 12th, which is a Thursday night, uh, we're going to have the variety tours stopping here. Several bands um, will be sharing the good news of God's love in music, powerful venue. Um, you, can, you can get your tickets. We encourage you to do it. In fact, I am going to go on today, and I'm going to get five, five tickets.
and I'm praying about who should I bring that needs to hear this message of God's love. So maybe you could be thinking that way too, you know, coming yourself, but who else can hear the message of God's love? So um, if you do, check out our website and other ways in which you can get tickets. Yeah. And if, if you are a guest with us today, we're very glad that you came here to, to worship God with us. We'd love to have a chance to meet you and share a welcome gift with you. So if you, ha if you have not had a chance to stop by Next Steps, which is on your right before you exit the main doors, love to have you do that. Um, if you are new or you've been coming for a while and want to learn more about who we are as a church, what we believe, our history, our mission, I'd like to invite you to a new disciple launch. That's March 1st from noon to 2. Um, we also have a blood drive next Sunday, the 23rd, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And again, you can stop by Next Steps, see Jacqueline. She can sign you up for a time to give blood. And we have a Spring Blast Carnival, March 21st from 11 to 3. This is going to be a great event, a fun time for the whole family with games, bouncy houses, drift trikes, balloon animals, Nerf gun room, face painting, all kinds of fun stuff. If you would like to volunteer to help with the carnival, you can stick around in the family gathering space after worship uh, for a brief meeting, get more information, and of course, invite people uh, to come enjoy the carnival. And then any all funds um, raised from the carnival will go towards scholarships for kids for the summer camp this summer. So what are you going to get painted on your face? I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that yet. Yeah. If anyone has any ideas... I'll even, I'll even pay for it myself. Yeah, awesome. I'm that kind of guy. That's so great. if you have any ideas that you would like to see, I'm sure he would be willing to do this for the sake of uh, youth ministry. Absolutely. And for families. All right. On the way in, if you received a worship folder, inside is an insert. It's called Irresistible. I'm, I'm calling these meetings Irresistible Meetings. 23 times throughout the month of March... I'm going to be in the prayer room, and I'm going to be sharing a message of the resurrection of Jesus and the power and the effect it had, well, 2,000 years ago, but also the power and effect it is to have today. And I would love to meet and greet all of you. So 23 different times. In fact, if, if one of these times do not work for you, I'll meet with you separately. Or if you even like to host something in your own home and invite people, I will do that. This message of the resurrection is just too important. So I'm going to, and my wife Kristen is going to come, and we're going to do this 23 times. And you can sign up for this. In fact, how do you do that? Uh, actually, you can take out your phone if you have the Church Center app. You can go right on your phone, register for that. You can also buy tickets through the app, sign up for the New Disciple launch. Wow, That's that... one great way. Church Center app. You can also go on our website, 1cchurch.com. Yep. Find sign-ups for register for events there. Call the church office. I mean, yep. Weekly we're trying email. to make it as easy for you as possible. So, but be thinking about this, praying about what day would work for you. I'd love to be able to sit down in a smaller group and be able to talk about this resurrection. Okay? So that's, that's it. Was there any other announcement? I don't think so. I don't think that was it. We have one more song. Let's stand. Let's sing. <laughs>
sunsets free.